You know you've missed me, and I'm just here to say, we'll take you back. Welcome to the St. Canard Files, the Darkwing Duck podcast. I'm your host, Stan Lund, and I've got two uh, guests with me today. First off is my co-host, Jordan Ferber. Hello. And we have a very special guest today, uh, Mr. Aaron Sparrow, the writer of the Boom and Joe Books Darkwing Duck comics. Welcome to the show, Aaron. Yeah, thank you very much for inviting me. Thank you so much for being willing to come on. Oh, of course. Yeah, no, I've, I've listened to a, a lot of your guys' reviews, a lot of your guys' podcasts. And uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be here. So uh, before we uh, get into our review today, which we are reviewing Darkwing Duck issue four from Dynamite, there's a, a couple quick news stories. Uh, first off, the Dynamite comic series has been uh, extended into an ongoing series. It was originally supposed to stop at issue six, but we're going beyond that apparently. Yeah, we'll for, at least go to at least go to twelve, get another trade out of it. Probably, you know, for whatever good or bad that may bring with it. <laughs> but as we keep saying, it has been improving. Also, there's apparently a Disney 100 Years coloring book that does feature the Disney Afternoon on a couple pages that'll be coming out. So, also, the uh, Diamond Slick statue is now coming out in the summer. All right. That's uh, good news to know as well. Yeah, so, the uh, the Darkwing, the Di- Diamond Select Darkwing figure looks really good, too, with the uh, Megaduck variant. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm definitely going to be getting both of those when they come out. And hopefully it'll lead to a full Darkwing line. I hope so. Di- Diamond Select yeah. has a uh, has a very spotty kind of... Uh, kind of history of like not finishing lines that they pick up but i'm hoping that uh everybody buys enough darkwing that they uh you know they continue you know at least get through the fearsome five you know yeah and, you know nice. yeah that would, it would be nice to have a, like a full set of the fearsome five uh you know maybe you never get to a jambalaya jake or you know some of the lesser villains although it would be great um but oh, at yeah. least at least come on you know let's let's uh yeah. let's finish the main villains uh, one last bit of news that's not quite Darkwing related, but it is Disney Afternoon, is Gargoyles is actually getting a spin-off comic called Gargoyles Dark Ages. It's funny, the last time I had lunch with uh, with Greg Weissman, um, while I was hanging out with him, he was actually going through his files looking for all the Dark Ages material. <laughs> and he was nice. like, you know, don't, he was like, don't say anything. I'm like, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> Well, I'm definitely excited to check that out. The current Gargoyles run has been very good. Yeah, and uh, I don't know, what, what issue has come, what was the most recent issue that came out? Issue um, five. Issue five, which is where I think it really starts to, uh, it starts to come together. I think there was a lot of like building blocks being put into place, but I think oh, five yeah. is really where it starts to, starts to move. Definitely. So uh, before we start our review, uh, Aaron, how about you give us uh, your thoughts on the the Dynamite run? Uh, I think it's for very little kids. Um, yeah, I think that it's marketed to collectors, which is uh, seem, there seems to be a weird disconnect uh, with its uh, you know 400 uh, different covers. Uh, you know, all uh, mostly all aping Batman, uh, you know, classic Batman covers, but without any of the humor or, um, you know, it, they're not injecting any Darkwing into that. It's just basically kind of like Batman riffs, which I think is a mistake. Uh, but uh, I think that the interior is obviously written for very small children. Um, it's not particularly sophisticated in its storytelling. It's very kind of, um, you know, easily understandable. So, um, yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's strange that uh that those two things are seem to be in conflict, 
Um, but uh, but overall, like you know, for picking it up and and reading it to like a you know five six year old, I think uh, I think it works. All right. Uh, and how about the art in, inside? Uh, any thoughts on that? Uh, I think that there's there's actually some. I mean, it, I think it varies. There's some panels that uh, I think look really good. I think that there is a very uh, cartoon show feel to it. Uh, more so than um, than James, uh, who was was a very stylized uh, version of Darkwing. You know, it's very much his style. But I think that people came to accept that as kind of the standard. Uh, you know, he did such a good job on it. He really made it his. Um, so this is a little more. Um, like I said, it's a little bit of a pitch down the middle. Um, I think that there there's art art problems here and there, and I think that like especially in the first issue where there was some stolen art and uh, you know some things that like yeah. even even like there was just like some direct you know, like it was like Silvani's art just but but redrawn, uh, but it's his poses and things like that. Um, but you know that that may be too. That issue had a lot of filler. That issue had like apparently like the entire originally the the entire Darkwing song was going to be in there, um, yeah. which was kind of yeah. a page kind of a page waster. So what I have to assume is you know the art swipes, the uh, you know using the song and then just having to you're not being allowed to use the lyrics because of music rights and then having to write a, another song uh, just to take up page space. I, I have to assume that uh, you know Dynamite just put a really tight deadline on these issues, uh, so the uh, the creators weren't able to necessarily do their best work. They had to kind of figure out some shortcuts. All right. Uh, any other thoughts, or is that pretty much everything you wanted to say about the Dynamite uh, stuff as an overview? I think it was, I mean, I think it's, jar like, I've gotten a lot of messages from people who are, you know, saying, like, you know, oh, I don't, uh, we don't like it as much as uh, as your stuff, we don't like it as much as what you and James did, we wish you and James were on the book. I, I really, really appreciate that. Uh, you know, James and I really tried to be very ambitious. We try to be very ambitious in everything that we do. We tried to get to the heart of what everybody loves, but then also give you more, you know, more. I think that my approach to everything is give them what they want, but in a way that they don't expect. So I think that um, our, ours is a more sophisticated uh, version of Darkwing. And for whatever reason, Dynamite decided they wanted to go in a more more kid uh, kiddie direction. Although I would contend that our books were very accessible to kids, um, just based on the, yeah. the sheer amount of books I've signed for little kids that love it. Um, but uh, yeah, they wanted to go in another direction. So this is this is where we're at. Well, we we all do appreciate your uh, your take on Darkwing. Yep. Yeah. Considering how much uh, some of those books are going for on eBay right now, <laughs> a lot. I'm sure a lot of people are. Yeah, yeah, I think I think there's. I mean, I hope that the reprints are in the future. Um, I think that there's another company besides Dynamite that uh, that might be looking at doing that, which would be absolutely great. I don't think Dynamite would want to do it. I don't think they want the comparisons out there. Yeah. But uh, but you know, I think there's nothing stopping other Disney licensees from doing it. So I'm hopeful that uh, for those of you who haven't gotten a chance to read the Duck Knight Returns, you know, uh, up through um, the Definitively Dangerous Edition, you know, uh, that's the version that uh, I'd really like to see out there for everybody because that's our our most pure version of the work. Who knows? Maybe Fantagraphics will. Yeah. Uh be one of the ones that reprint it no, i'm they've happy doing, to uh, uh, <laughs> i'm happy to sign anything that they uh, put out they've been doing great work with their reprints of the older disney afternoon stuff so hopefully the fanographic stuff is really good their collections yeah. are really good um they're overseen by uh by david gerstein who is uh you know it's an absolute disney nut um that guy has an encyclopedic knowledge of disney comics uh so um i think that those those collections come together really well they're really attractive they're really like sturdy and well built and and they look good on a bookshelf um so yeah i can't recommend fanographics collections enough 
Yeah, who knows? I I know they've been reprinting some stuff that hadn't been in English before. Maybe they'll eventually reprint that French Darkwing comic. Ooh, oh man, <laughs> that'd be great. Uh, I see that um, you know they're reprinting uh, the uh, the Boom material in uh, in Topolino, but I don't know that they're doing um, that. The scripts are based off of. Um, the corrected scripts in the definitively dangerous edition, uh, and I don't know how they survive translation because there's some jokes in there. Especially the, the I I feel bad for anybody who was trying to translate over the definitively dangerous edition or the Joe books material because uh, our alliteration was so heavy. You know, when Darkwing would go into it, he like I can't even imagine trying to put that in another language. But it felt so right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Jordan, you ready to review yep. this issue? So I got this cover, and Jordan, you got a, what cover there? Uh, the lawnmower cover. Yeah. So this is, of course, issue four. Once again, written by Amanda Dibert and the art by Carla Loro. Uh, Jordan, how do we start this issue? We start off with uh, Drake mowing his lawn and Morgana trying to convince him to go back to a life of crime fighting with a suspicious glass of lemonade mm -hmm. that's not really lemonade i don't think i want to know what it is <laughs> yeah but uh drake is uh he's certainly missing his superhero alter ego as the shapes he's cutting into his lawn seem to suggest yeah it looks like he uh even though he wants to give up being Darkwing, he's, he just can't do it. At least subconsciously, anyways. Well, luckily for uh, Drake, Goslin comes running in with the plot. Yep. She goes, comes running in telling them that Bushroot is attacking the school and that uh, Honker is still pudding. Yes. Yes, he is. And, of course, at first rate, it's like, Bushroot is cooking citizens? Which, that would be a terrifying day if Bushroot ever actually did stuff like that. <laughs> it's like, what you've done to my beautiful vegetables, I'm going to do to all of St. Canard. It <laughs> 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 just starts frying them in oil. <laughs> but, of course, Morgana reveals that the pudding was actually her doing. You are supposed to be a reformed criminal. I am. This wasn't business, just pleasure. I guess Morgana's still got a bit of a dark side to her. Yeah. I guess this yeah. is more of uh, early Morgana than later Morgana. Yeah. Yeah, because it doesn't really jibe with uh, Morgana's characterization later in, uh, in in the show, like when she really you know was fully reformed and, and really interested in her relationship with Darkwing. So it's got to be, I mean, it's kind of nebulous when this is set. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Also, we should mention that Goslin's eye color has changed back to the correct green instead of being blue. Yeah. So, that's one thing I'm happy. I'm happy uh, that's that's been corrected. It's As nice when I. it's nice when editors pay attention, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know when they uh, when they don't just phone it in. Yeah. But Drake doesn't think he needs uh, Darkwing to deal with this. He decides to tackle Bushroot as Drake Mallard. How does that go, Jordan? Well, it doesn't go too well for him. He pretty much immediately gets caught. Yeah. Unfortunately, so. It's time for Plan DW, or at least Goslin hopes it is. Not quite yet, though. What happens next, Jordan? Well, 
with uh, all the planes attacking people, and Morgana trying to help Dark, uh, Drake finally realizes that he has to be Darkwing again. Yeah. That he does, though, he does it in the most uh, Drake-slash-Darkwing way, even. You know, he could where Morgana suggests it and he's like, not now. I've just had an amazing epiphany. I should uh, become Darkwing again. And then we get the uh, his big I am the terror. Yep. Uh, Want me to handle that? Oh, sure. Yeah. And I'm going to apologize right now, Sparrow, or uh, because they actually uh, steal your guys uh, tagline in this. Do they? I you know I read through it, but I didn't. I did not notice that. I am the terror that flaps in the night. I am the neighbor's ill-timed leaf blower that wakes you too early in the morning. I am the shears that prune the weeds of destruction. I am the dark wing knight who returns. I am Darkwing Duck. I liked it. I liked it until the Darkwing Knight part. Like I, I thought, yeah. I would have like if I was the editor, I would have changed. I would have asked her to change destruction to uh, villainy. Um, but uh, otherwise, I thought those two. I thought those two were pretty good. Um, but yeah, that last one. Ooh, that last one kills it. Yeah, definitely. Though you guys have you know created the Duck Knight Returns. Mm-hmm. I do think it does go for a little bit long though, because I've. Darkwing, yeah. he probably would have stopped at the uh, the early, too early in the morning part. He probably would have stopped there, and he wouldn't have added the part with the shears and the the dark night. Yeah, it's usually an I am the terror, a uh, a literary thing he does, and then he is Darkwing Duck. It's usually yeah. three parts. Yeah, you know, three three parts is you can go three, and it works. Um, two, you know, two is best. The I am the terror that you know. I am the terror that flaps in the night, and then you know into the second one, and then uh, that's usually that's usually sufficient. But like sometimes, depending on how you're pacing out the action, you know, if he's appearing in a cloud of smoke, you know, he might do the he might do the third. Yep. So Darkwing is back. He's back in the costume, and he rescues uh, Pudding Honker with a weed flack. <laughs> and then Goslin, you know, for some reason wants to high five Honker, but they only have four fingers. How can they high five anyone? <laughs> wouldn't, it, wouldn't it be a high four? It is. It is. You know what? That's something that I never even thought of. I don't think we ever had a character say, you know, high five, but uh, I, I've never even, I've never even considered that. Yeah, it would be a high four. Yeah. Of course. To this point and throughout the rest of this comic, Goslin still has not uttered any of her catchphrases. This is four issues in. No King Gear, no Cool Beans, none of Goslin's catchphrases are here. Yeah, that's, that's what I've been saying for like the last issue. Like, why hasn't Goslin said her catchphrase yet? Like, either I of think, her catchphrases yet. I think for me in this series, Goslin is the, the character that's most out of character. Uh, you know, she's she doesn't seem to be, you know, a lot of times... You know, here she just kind of like runs in and says, you know, oh, you know, this is happening. But generally, Goslin drives the plot in a lot of the stories. Goslin gets in trouble. Goslin discovers something. She sets some th- something in motion that ends up, or she derails something that Drake is involved in that sets the plot in motion. And uh, you know, she has a very specific, very spunky kind of personality that's very, uh, very charming. Um, Goslin was always able to walk the line of being the spunky kid who doesn't really become annoying. You know, in a lot of properties, uh, that'll happen. Like, they're trying to write the kid is so, like, you know, 
like just like a, a clever shrunken adult. And uh, they just come off as like really, uh, really annoying. And Goslin's always been able to walk the line really well. And we try to do that with her as well. But yeah, I feel like Goslin really needs some work in this series. Yeah. So what do we got next, Jordan? So now Darkwing faces off against Bushroot. And the, is Bushroot doing this on his own volition? Uh... Uh, it looks like he's a. Uh, he's a, he oh, doesn't want to say who yeah. he's working with. Like basically, he was told he could do this by somebody, though we don't know who yet. No, we probably have a few theories. Dun dun dun. But Darkwing reveals a new bit of tech that he invented. Yeah, so, so I uh, guess he's a a man of science. Yeah, still not really sure when Darkwing became an inventor, but... I always assumed he had bought most of his equipment, but I guess he's he's an inventor now. Well, I thought we had Josh a... uh, used to provide it. I, I would... I mean, I think that there's a fair amount of, um, of wiggle room there, because uh, you know, Darkwing, obviously he had some gear, he had the rat catcher, he had some things. I think he's got some... You know, and we don't really know what he does for a living uh, you know, throughout the show. Um, so I think that there's some wiggle room there for him, like creating some gadgets, obviously Launchpad built the, the Thunderquack, yeah. but, um, you know, I think that, I think that I'll, I'll give that a pass because there is, uh, there's wiggle room there. Um, you know, we had had a joke where we wanted to, um, we wanted to do a series with Tad called the, the one true origin of Darkwing Duck, and it was going to be four issues and each issue would be a different origin. So, you know, nice. we thought that was, we thought that would yeah. be funny. You know, Tad would be able to continue doing, uh, doing, you know, ridiculous origins for Darkwing. But at the end, um, we kind of wanted to frame it like the Batman animated series where they're talking about, everybody's talking about their, all the campers are talking about their, their different versions, you know, or the kids are talking about their different versions uh, of, uh, the of Batman. Legend of the Dark Knight episode. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, you know, they did like the campy kind of, kind of one too. And so we kind of want to frame it like that with um, a bunch of junior woodchucks. And then at the end, Darkwing shows up and the kids all get scared and they like all run off. And then, uh, you know, Goslin asks him, you know, hey, how did you know how, you never told me how you did get started anyway? And it just cuts to a memory of him sitting like Batman style. And uh, he's uh, you know, there sure is a lot of crime in this city. And then he turns and he's like, and I've got all these gas guns and all these hats. And that's like just a, that's, <laughs> that's kind of like how we end it. You know, just another ridiculous origin that, you know, is nothing. Um yeah, you know, so I, I'll give it to him for and uh, he invents he invents some of this stuff. He invents his gadgets. But yeah, he reveals a uh, well, it looks like a gas gun, and I I do like this little line here where Darkwing says, "Bushroot, you'll appreciate my newest invention as a man of science." Well, as a shrub of science, like that that sounds in yeah. character. Mm -hmm. I can I can hear Jim Cummings saying that, but. Darkwing reveals his new uh, weapon to be the Automizer, which turns things into autumn. Weird, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not, not not really in not really in line with his uh, his mo of, of things that he's invented. But you know why? Uh, I, I think it would have been probably been more effective to have Morgana in the story. And have her cast a spell that uh, that has the same effect, but yeah, Morgana yeah. kind of drops out of the story. Yeah, especially since she was there at the beginning. You know, mm -hmm. she yeah. just kind of disappears. And this is all just me as an like if I was the editor over this book, like things that I would be suggesting back to the writer. Yeah, 
But Darkwing zaps him. He turns, you know, automized, which means his uh, his purple hair turns like green, and his green skin turns brown. Well, I think it's more like a blue, his hair to more of a blue. Well, blue. Uh, yeah, I guess that is more of a blue. Why not lean into the automizer, you know, the autumnizer of it all? And why why wouldn't bushroot be, you know, yellow and and uh, you know, there's like yellow and orange and you know, like the the leaves of autumn. Uh, there there could be like some funny bits in there, you know, just a, even if bushroot was just like, oh my gosh, I'm beautiful, you know, like it it would be, you know, you could you could really have some fun with that. Yeah, but it puts him to sleep, you know, and he's carted away, you know, off to. I'd like to assume the. Uh, maximum security prison but i'm sure that doesn't exist in this universe but we do get the return of uh amanda dybert's favorite character zan allison yeah mayor still don't really see what she brings to to this iteration of darkwing like if she was written differently maybe but she just kind of pops up well it's because in ducktales 2017 zan allison was the straight man to uh glomgold's uh wackiness in here she's she doesn't have a she's not part of a comedy duo so she's just like a just another character it's like kind of it's an in name only type of thing yeah i mean you know if this were a continuation of what we did um and i'm don't get me wrong i'm glad it's not um i'm glad that they're doing their own their own thing that kind of like feels like it could fit before uh anything that we did um even though i think that doing a redux of darkwing um not being darkwing is uh you know, I, I I certainly wouldn't have recommended going that way where I edit or I the editor on the book. Um, I think that there is, you know, you could do something there, but the the thing about Saint Canard is that all of the characters within it, the mayor, the police, you know, everybody has to have this sort of either either they're stupid or they're disinterested. You know, it's kind of like the big city thing, you know, so the big city politics, you've either got somebody really dumb or somebody who's really out for themselves or somebody or, or just the populace who's very disinterested. Like most of the gags come from the city not caring about Darkwing all that much. Mm-hmm. So I feel like there's a lot of things in the series that were just totally wrong from the beginning, like him being given a statue by the mayor. Um, unless you build to that and you establish that the mayor is a big Darkwing fan, like, you know, like, like Launchpad. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you have to layer those things in to make them work. And so I think there's a lot of things here that they're just hoping that the fans just accept on the fly um, that I think that really should have been built up. Yeah, that makes sense. So what happens next, Jordan? Well, now it's time to to leave because everyone knows heroes don't stick around for cleanup. Yep, we also get a pop culture reference here with the character saying, we're going to need a bigger rake. Little nod to Jaws. Mm-hmm. I don't dislike that. Uh, but it does kind of it does kind of feel like it comes out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Darkwing, uh, he picks up Goslin and Pudding Honker, and they abscond onto a roof. And where... he strikes a very uh, Spider-Man-esque pose. Yes, he he sure does. So Goslin asks how it feels to once again be the hero who flaps in the night. And Drake, well, Darkwing says that it feels right. And they realize that no matter what he does, he'd still have to worry about Goslin. 
that that's parenthood. And if she's going to be in danger, he might as well be the duck best suited to get him out. Yeah, and then some kid looks up and and knows who Darkwing Duck is, and he's like, "Exactly, people know people know who he is." Yeah. And then we get uh, Morgana showing up again, who's very happy to have Dark back to his uh, mysterious self. But not everything's quite back to normal. There's still one more thing Darkwing needs to make everything uh, back to normal. Change Honker back from pudding? <laughs> uh, well, not well, yet. One other, one other thing. So we do get a nice little uh, moment between Darkwing and Morgana here where, you know, Darkwing says, let's get dangerous. And Morgana's like, oh, come on. My family isn't that scary. Only when compared to your cooking, I'd watch what you say if you ever want to eat anything again. It's like, yeah, that's Morgana. Mm-hmm. Very uh, my Valentine ghoul. Yep. And she tries to zap him. But no, Darkwing's here looking for someone else. So he uses a setting on the gas gun to start a campfire, which brings, uh, who does this attract the attention of, Jordan? Morgana's dad. Yep, Malakalo's back. I, you know what? I can't, I can't hate on that. Uh, one of my big regrets in the series that we did is we never, we never got around to uh, to using uh, Malakilo uh, and Morgana's family. You know, we really, we really had plans to do it, but uh, never got the chance. So um, can't, uh, can't be mad about him showing up. I do love this bit with them. Why could you settle down with a nice zombie? You know, I've never been interested in a guy with brains. Yeah, she has me. Wait, <laughs> that's not bad. <laughs> yeah. So Darkwing says that exactly who he wants is right here. And at first, Malakalo thinks he's talking to him. He's like, excuse me? You know you've missed me, and I'm here to say I'll take you back. And Malakalo says, take me back? I don't even want you near my daughter. But, of course, who's uh, Darkwing talking to, uh, Jordan? Well, it turns out that a launch pad was behind him the whole time. And... He wants Launchpad back. But Malakalo's not about to give him up without a fight. And then they both get in a heated argument about who owns Launchpad and Morgana. Of course, that doesn't exactly make Morgana happy. Does it? I know. So she uh, uses her magic to zip their beak shut and... She's apparently going to go back to her restaurant and ask Launchpad what he wants to do, which he's like, well, gee, the Thunderquack was always intended for Darkwing, and I love Darkwing's little victory pose in the back. Like, <laughs> yes, I got one over Malakalo. So Morgana's about to leave, but Goslin reminds her, hey, you uh, got to change Honker back. So Honker's not putting it anymore. See, but the the joke, there, there's a lot of places that you can you can go with the joke of Honker being pudding. First of all, her changing him back, there should be a sequence where you know she changes him into uh, several worse things while trying to get him back to normal. Um, like a yak. 
Yeah, because there's just there's so you know like Morgana's spells are so um, so unpredictable, which is why when we did the Definitively Dangerous edition, we got to put our dialogue back in uh, as opposed to Boom's rewritten dialogue. When she turns Ammonia Pine to mud, uh, and Femme Appeal says, you know, you know, oh, okay, really, really great move, changing her to mud, and she's like, oh yeah, thanks. I was trying to you know change her to something else, <laughs> and then she's like, well, I'll never, you know, I'll never tell. Um, you know, it's uh, it's kind of forgotten that Morgana's spells normally go awry. She's not a particularly competent sorceress. And that's why she's such a good pairing for Darkwing, because until he learns the lesson of the episode and, you know, says that let's get dangerous, he's not particularly competent. He always has to get over his ego and his insecurities before he becomes effective. So um, I think there's some character beats in there. I also think, you, you know, you miss an opportunity of, um, you know, Honker being pudding of like, you know, either Tank trying to eat him. Obviously, if we were doing the book and, and Doofus was in the story, Doofus would be trying to eat him. Uh, although I'm not sure you can do uh, Doofus likes food jokes anymore. Um, but uh, you know what the heck, when we do, uh, when we release our, uh, our original material online, we'll, we'll do whatever we want. <laughs> <laughs> well, as long as it's not DuckTales 2017 doofus, I have no problem with it. <laughs> yeah, or he was like a little psychopath. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I like, uh, I like original doofus. Um, I think that a lot of people feel like he's really one note and that he's just about like food jokes and about, you know, being the chubby kid. But I think that there's a lot more that you can do with, uh, with that character. Um, you know, we had fun with him in, uh, in our run. So I, I always love Doofus. But I will say that, uh, Honker's time is pudding did, uh, come to one pretty good joke though. Cause the next afternoon Binky offers Honker some pudding and it, he runs away terrified. It's like, no, thank you. <laughs> And of course, uh, how do we how do we wrap this up, Jordan? Well, we wrap it up with uh, Darkwing putting the automizer to some more good use. I make it so that he doesn't have to he doesn't have to mow the lawn. Yep. You know what they say, pride DW, pride goeth before the fall. Exactly. And in the fall, I don't have to mow my lawn. And then probably would have been Iris out. And it would probably have been Iris out. Yep. yep. <laughs> so that's issue four. Uh, Jordan, uh, why don't you go first in terms of uh, your thoughts? Well, I do think that it is. It definitely is an improvement over the uh, early issues. There were there were a few uh, jokes I did like, but there were, there are still some things like there's some uh, inconsistent art. The whole like bushroot kind of comes in and gets defeated very quickly. That's unfortunately been a very uh, big trend so far. It happened with Megavolt. It happened with Quackerjack. It's happened with Bushroot now. It's kind of a problem of modern comics. It's uh, in that um, the action sequences, like writers don't seem to be very interested in, in writing the action and writing, uh, you know, the confrontation between the villain and the heroes. Um, they want to kind of get back to slice of life stuff. Um, and I think it's to, um, to the genre's detriment. Because, you know, what are we all here for? We're all here for, you know, fun action adventure. It does reset the status quo, so it'll be interesting to see uh, what they do next. But I'd say... Let me ask you, let me ask you this, as, as guys that are reading this without, without my preconceived biases um, of what a Darkwing book should be, uh, just, just, as, just as fans uh, who haven't, uh, you know, worked on the character. Um, do you feel that the entire story thread of Dar of him giving up being Darkwing and then coming back to being Darkwing 
ultimately, does it matter? Did it, did, was anything learned? Was there any kind of overarching uh, important story element that was, or was it just kind of spinning wheels for stuff to happen? Definitely spinning wheels. For one thing, it didn't last long enough. It's like he he quit superheroing at the very end of issue two. He's not Darkwing for all of issue three, and then issue four, within like the first five pages, he's back to being Darkwing. What I think would have worked better is if he would have been uh, he would have given up being Darkwing for at least a couple issues, and that in in the B story would be the city the city getting worse and worse and worse. Yeah. Well, he's trying to kind of ignore it and just trying to go about his life and then have like a, a culmination where where him him trying to put being a civilian ends up putting Goslin and everyone else in danger. And then and then that forces him to have to come back out of retirement. I think that everything needs more weight. I think even in the cartoon, it had more weight. Like, for example, um, you do this story, like your writer comes and they pitch to you as an editor, uh, you know, and as an editor who actually cares, uh, you know, about the property. Um, they say, hey, I want to do this story. He quits being Darkwing and et cetera. Um, and you're like, okay, so what is the ultimate, like, lesson learned? Like, so what, the reason that he quits being Darkwing has to be a little bit heavier than just, oh, that was a really tough battle. I don't know if I should do this anymore. You know, it has to be a little bit heavier than that. He has to either be beating himself up for failing you know, something that's going to keep him resisting the urge to go back and be Darkwing, because otherwise, why doesn't he just do it? You know, at the beginning of this, he's clearly thinking about it subconsciously by mowing the lawn. So why isn't he just doing it? So you have to give him something like that. But you can't have three issues of Darkwing Duck with no Darkwing Duck action. Nice. So what? How do you? So how do you solve that problem? Uh, the first thing that would come to come to my mind would be like Launchpad saying like, well, if you're not going to be Darkwing, you know, the city still needs a hero. I'll be Darkwing. So then you still get action with Launchpad trying to live up to Darkwing. And there's a lot of comedy that you can have there. Mm -hmm. And then eventually Launchpad gets him into a gets himself into a situation where Darkwing's like, okay, you know what? I have to do this. And by the end of the story, he realizes I am important to the city. Whether the city appreciates me or not, I do make a difference. And so then, you know, that's kind of like the lesson that he had to learn. And that's that's the arc. That's the character arc. But it seems oh. like these are just kind of like, you know, like just thrown out as like, okay, you know, here's here's a book for you to read. Um, it doesn't seem like there's that much, uh, like, kind of thought going into all of it. And I, I'd like to see more of that. I think also what doesn't help is the uh, the accelerated pacing, where typically in, like, a Darkwing Duck episode, the story would take place over a matter of days, sometimes maybe, like, like through montages, weeks. But, like, here, like, everything is happening in, like, a matter of hours, it seems like. Or pretty much the like a, the accelerated pacing kind of makes it so that you can't like take your time and flesh stuff out. You gotta it's like go go go. Yeah, no, I, I definitely uh, and then and it seems weird to like center the issue around Bushroot, but then the back half of the issue is all about uh, you know Morgana's dad and 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 you know kind of like resolving that. Um, it just seems like a weird pace, weird pacing for a single issue. Like I know, granted, it's a continuation of what's happened in the previous, but the pacing still feels off to me. Yeah. So I'd say probably this issue, I'd probably give it like a three. Three gas three, three, casters? Three, yeah. There, it has uh. flaws, but there are, there's enough stuff I liked here that I'm willing to give another chance with, with the, another issue. All right. 
Uh, as for uh, me, I thought it's definitely an improvement over the last issue. They have been progressively getting better. As I said before, the uh, use of the horrible sound effects has been toned down. The art has been improving. There's a lot less uh, art theft as in previous ones, you know, where the first issue, first two issues, really, it was very, uh, almost every panel you you'd look, you'd see either a stolen model sheet or a stolen, you know, frame from an episode or, you know, one of Silvani's drawings, you know, and you could tell what it was, where it was from. That keeps getting less and less. You know, there's, you know, the jokes are, are improving to a degree. Goslin's eye color finally fixed itself. We'll see if it <laughs> stays the correct color or if it switches back because they got the color right in the first issue. And then it was wrong for issues two and three, so it could unfortunately go back, but I hope it doesn't. You know, Bushroot, though, I think he was defeated way too uh, quickly. You know, I I think Darkwing got back to being Darkwing a little too quick. You know, and honestly, I'm actually a little worried about the next issue because the next issue is going to have two villains in it that I can tell. Mm -hmm. One of them being the Liquidator, who, if they don't get his uh, speech just right, he won't work, you know, since he talks in ad speak. And the other villain being a DuckTales villain, Dr. No Good. So I'm not. Well, that was one of the things that I noticed when they made the announcement is they said like, oh, and bringing back Dr. No Good. And that's what told me that this wasn't being written um, by people who were fans of the show previously, or, or it wasn't being, um, or at least the, the marketing copy wasn't being written by uh, by fans of the show previously, because Dr. No Good is, like you said, a DuckTales villain. Mm -hmm. He was never a yeah. Darkwing villain, but he is mentioned in the Wikipedia fairly early on because, of course, he's the villain in the, you know, like Duck or Darkwing kind of being a spinoff of Double O Duck, uh, you know, starting out that way, he's connected in that way. So he's mentioned in the Wikipedia. So I always felt like the, whoever wrote the marketing copy, you know, for the book just went through the Wikipedia ad and was like, oh, Darkwing's villains, like Dr. No Good and Bushroot and Liquidator. You know, it, it, it very much felt like, you know, uh, whether it was the editor or whether it was, uh, you know, somebody in, in Dynamite's marketing uh, didn't know anything about the show and just kind of like grabbed from, you know, Google, what they could find on Google very quickly. Right. But ultimately, I would also give this one free. It's not the worst, but it still still has room to improve. Yeah, uh, oh, Liquidator's going to be tough. Liquidator's going to be tough. And maybe that's why there's two villains, is because, um, you know, Liquidator is not a character that's easy to write dialogue that makes sense, because you do have to have that ad speak. Um, it's something that I, I came to very naturally, because... Um, I, as a fan of the show, I had those, so many of the characters and the voice actors like in my head that it became uh, pretty easy to do. But I do understand that even on the show, they didn't do a lot of Liquidator episodes because they didn't know how to keep him along mm -hmm. those lines. And, uh, you know, there's there's plenty of examples now that you can find. You know, there have been decades of, uh, of ads and, and pitchmen since then from Billy Mays on up, you know, yeah. to the guy who did to the guy who did the slap chop, you know, you're going to love yeah. my nuts. Uh, <laughs> there's all kinds of, I mean, you know, that one can't go in, but uh, you know, there's all kinds of guys that you can draw from, but um, yeah, some writers will definitely find uh, liquidator very difficult. Yeah. Especially since it's not just the ad speak. The other hard thing about him is, you know, how do you defeat him? Like he is, in terms of power, he's one of Darkwing's most powerful villains. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we always had to come up with something new. So that's why in uh, in the um, 
orange is the new purple arc we uh we we you know filled him with soap <laughs> yeah. it's in my eyes it is my eyes <laughs> he look, didn't he look threatening though later when he showed up and he's all pink but he had like the blood red eyes like yeah, yeah when the, when the colors when uh, andrew turned the colors back in i was like oh my god <laughs> he looks horrifying <laughs> Uh, any uh, any more thoughts from you about the dynamite stuff or? I mean, it uh, it keeps going. I I don't know. Um, I don't know what the ultimate uh, the ultimate plan is. If it's just to um, put out like issues that can easily be, you know, because when we did the second series at Joe Books, um, I was happy to be able to move away. You know, at Boom, we were forced into those four issue arcs. So everything had to be like a certain, the threat had to be, you know, um, a certain level uh, because you had to fill four issues um, to get to get like a single trade. The nice thing about Joe Books and, and one of the reasons that I wished it continued, aside from the fact that we would have got to continue to tell our story, was that they really gave me the leeway to divide things up. So it was like, OK, well, we want to open with a big arc. So that's three issues. But then we're going to do a single issue. That'll finish off a trade. Um, and the the fourth uh, story was. Um, was the Juggernaut story that we yep. had to change to had to change to Nightmare. So we got to introduce a new villain. So in your first trade, you would get all the villains that you maybe hope to see, except for Quackerjack, because we have plans. We had plans for him, uh, and uh, and then you got to you got a new villain. So in that first trade, you'd get you know some really, some really cool stuff. And then in the second, you know, we obviously we retold Doug Gray's story with Fluffy because we wanted to reintroduce. Uh, you know, we had reintroduced Fluffy, so we wanted to catch people up to speed. And also as a fan of that story. Um, if you guys ever check out Doug Gray's blog, which I think is Eye of uh, Banana Blog, yeah. um, he goes into great detail about how that story didn't live up to his expectations. The editor didn't really pay attention and uh, kind of like butchered the story the way that he wanted it. So he had a redrawn version. So I kind of married the two versions together, but stuck to his story. You know, it's his story. But to make it kind of fresh and original, we just said it from Darkwing's perspective as opposed to, you know, be kind of from Fluffy's perspective or a straightforward story. Um, we had it like Darkwing remembering. So like if there were any inconsistencies, you can chalk it up to, you know, Darkwing, right. which is why yeah. we did the jokes. Like when he thinks of him and Launchpad, he sees himself as tall and Launchpad is short as opposed to the, the opposite way. And for some reason, they both had mustaches, you know, <laughs> so, you know, things like that. Um, and then, you know, we got to do, uh, you know, another done in one. Um, and then uh, we got to do uh, the two part Bushroot story, which originally was just a one part story. And then issue eight was going to reintroduce Frequencia, which was a character from, that uh, Jim Magon created in one of the uh, storybooks where you'd get a you know cassette tape with it and it would tell the story. Oh, yeah. I know the one you're talking about. Yeah, it's I, High Wave, high wave Robbery, robbery. Mm -hmm. which I bought when I was a kid because I thought it was about Liquidator. I was like, high wave, <laughs> high wave robbery. This must be about Liquidator. I'm so excited. And then, you know, it was, and Frequencia was obviously just, they just took things from the model sheets that could be easily approved. So in the in the book, she had a megavolt body, like jumpsuit, just without his, um, without the plug and the harnesses. And then she just was like a female duck and they kind of just plopped Bushroot's hairstyle on her. And so we had a redesign for her in her reintroduction where we were going to tell the high wave robbery story with a lot of new fun wrinkles. Um, and uh, but she was going to have a completely different look. Uh, and that issue was going to be fun because in the book, Goslin is playing the tuba and driving Drake nuts. And we expanded that out to Goslin and Honker having a band called Honker Muddlefoot's uh, Polite Preteen Rebellion. 
and uh, and they were singing a version of uh, of uh, D. Snyder's "We're Not Going to Take It," except you know it's it's honkers singing. You know we prefer not to take it. We understand we may have to take it, but if at all possible, we'd rather not take it at this time. You know, <laughs> so That's and awesome. and and the, yeah, the band consisted of uh, him uh, him on vocals, Goslin on the tuba, uh, Doofus on the triangle, and Tank on drums. <laughs> and uh, and so you know. That's that's kind of where we were going to go. But when we found out that we were going to go on hiatus after issue eight, while they while Joe Books reevaluated their publishing line, uh, we expanded the Bushroot story out to two issues, which was great because I would have had trouble. Once Bushroot came into the story, everything changed. The ending changed. Bushroot kind of took over and him as a, a character. He kind of rewrote what I wanted to do. And it became a very sympathetic story, um, very character driven with him and kind of gave him closure uh, to, you know, a portion of his character, uh, you know, his loneliness, his, you know, wanting a bride. Um, you know, we got to give him like some closure that, that like a lot of fans really appreciated. So, uh, you know, it ended up being a happy accident, but still we would have liked to continue on because we had Frequencia coming. We had Quacker Jack coming back. We had uh, the mystery of what happened to Morgana and, you know, Drake pursuing that again because uh, her father comes to him and is like, where is my daughter? You know, like, and, uh, and so we had some fun stuff planned there. And there were two different ways that we were thinking of going with it. One was uh, one was um, just doing a, uh, where she just like, you know, just comes comes back and like that, like nothing's wrong. And everybody's like, what, what? You know, like um, we thought that would be kind of funny. Uh, but then we're like, ultimately that doesn't, you know, although we can make a good joke out of it, it doesn't, um, it doesn't give you the payoff. So it's like, do we do a bigger story with her? You know, do we do like something that's really Morgana focused? I think fans would want that. So yeah, we had so many plans. Uh, for things that we were going to do, you're going to get to see the uh, the Saint Canardians of the Galaxy. Uh, if uh, if um, if Disney had approved it, we were going to try to work in uh, a Mighty Ducks appearance. Um, you know, all kinds of all kinds of fun stuff. But you know, that's uh, that's comic books, man. Out of yeah. curiosity, would Claire have ever come back? Because I have it in my head canon that she would have eventually joined Quacker Jack as like a Harley Quinn type character. Really. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll, I'll, you know what? Because since James and I are going to do, uh, we are planning on uh, on releasing uh, our unproduced content uh, for the fans um, and continuing our story. Since uh, Dynamite doesn't want to do it, we just figured, hey, we'll do it ourselves. We'll put it out as a free fan project. Um, I, I don't want to give too much away, but I will say, if you go back to issue eight of the Darkwing Duck run uh, and you the Quacker Jack scene, there are some clues in there as to where the next story was going to go. Mm. Well, thank you. That that's some incredible information. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I talk too much, don't I? <laughs> Please, you do not talk too much. <laughs> well, you know, the thing is that I um like you guys and like the, the fans that listen to the show, um, I am first and foremost a Darkwing Duck fan. Uh I love what Tad and his team created. Um I've always loved these characters. I've uh been fortunate enough to meet so many of the voice actors uh that you know are still are still with us. Um I haven't met Jack Angel, which is like one on my list. And I never and I never got to meet Tino and I never got to meet uh, Christine. Um, but, uh, you know, it's like I've met Michael Bell several times, uh, you know, Rob Paulson. Uh, I've actually you know gotten to hang out with him. We had a limo ride together in Atlantic City one time. That was a blast. It was him and, uh, you know, Jess Hartnell. And, uh, and uh, you know, it's just basically I'm riding with the Animaniacs. You know, how crazy yeah. is that? Um, you know, so I've been I've been very fortunate to to be involved in, in small ways in the, in their lives and their appearances and on panels with them. And part of what 
was really important to me even before I met any of them but when we started on the comic was that all the character voices had to be right and unfortunately on the boom series since James and I got rewritten quite a bit uh, it didn't really come through so once we got to the definitively dangerous edition that really is where I got to show everybody like how much these these characters voices are in my head and I can't do every voice but um, you know I can do a close enough approximation of most of them that like I would write out the dialogue and then I would repeat it as close as I could to the voice actor's performance and determine like, okay, well, I could take this out. I could take this out. You know what? They'd probably say it this way. Um, I paid a lot of attention to that. I think character voice is really important. And I think it's something that's lost in comics. If you're reading a comic and you can move the dialogue balloons around and it doesn't make a difference who's saying what, you're not reading a good comic. You're not reading a good comic where the writer put in the work. Um, everybody should have uh, a distinct voice in some sense. And, uh, and, you know, again, moving away from action, I think, is a mistake. You know, part of what makes Darkwing fun is the villains. And I think in the series so far, the villains have all gotten really short shrift. And I think that your concern, Stan, is very valid in the next issue, that you're going to have two villains. So, you know, it's probably going to be Liquidator's a henchman, so that there's not much focus on him. And Dr. No Good will be the main villain because he's less challenging to write. Yeah. Um, and I think that does Liquidator a disservice because he's such a fantastic character. So we'll see how it goes. All right. Uh, so as we start to uh, wrap up, uh, first off, uh, Aaron, do you have anything that you want to plug or any uh, shout outs you want to give? Uh, first of all, just big shout out to Tad Stones, uh, without uh, without whom none of us would be here talking <laughs> about this right now. Um, and uh, and to James Silvani, who always on Darkwing, my my partner in crime, uh, we're, uh, we're working on a little book right now called... Uh, Neil before Doomface, which is going to be a crowdfunded book. Um, and if you like kind of our, uh, our our wacky take on superheroes through Darkwing and things like that, there's going to be a lot of that type of humor in the book. Um, it will be uh, set for a little bit older audience, but uh, and there will be stakes. There will be actual, you know, um, the, the characters actually can die. You know, there there will be, uh, uh, you know, that it, it will operate on that level. But a lot of the humor, a lot of the, you know, the superhero stuff that you've seen from us on Darkwing um, will be present as well. So. If you guys, uh, you know, just want to go follow me on Twitter and check that out. Hashtag Neil before Doomface. All right. Uh, Jordan, do you got any shout outs or anything to plug? Oh, for shout outs, I'd like to shout out Tim Partridge because he, he's doing a lot of great, really good work. Like finding, like digging up all the, a lot of uh, Darkwing art to share. As well as also telling people they, they should really go to Oliver Harper's retrospective reviews and watch Tim's an hour-long documentary he made on Darkwing Duck. It's almost at 100,000 views, and he did an excellent job, and people should really go to watch that. What was that again? To repeat that again for everyone? Uh, Oliver Harper's retrospective reviews, our friend Tim Partridge, he made an hour-long documentary on Darkwing Duck, and he did Very a really cool. good job. Yeah. And also, I'd like to, to uh, plug my YouTube channel, uh, Tune Logic Studios, where I do AMVs and like do re short reviews and stuff like that. All right, and you kind of stole my main uh, shout-out, Jordan. I was actually <laughs> oh, also going to shout-out Tim because, you know, he gave me some very good advice recently. But I also want to give a shout-out to Aaron Sparrow. Thank you again for coming on and joining us for this one. Oh, yeah. Hey, thank you guys for inviting me. Like, you know, I, I was a little hesitant at first because I was like, you know, it is weird to kind of review um, – you know, the, uh, the, the, the book, but, um, you know, I, hopefully I, uh, I gave you guys at least some insight into how I approach it and, uh, you know, how I would uh, kind of alter it if I were, you know, working on it, um, as an editor and, uh, and helping Amanda out. Um, 
you know, I think that uh, it is um, it is an effective book for the audience that they're going for. Um, I just I, I would like to see a little bit more as, a, as an older Darkwing fan. Yep. Uh, and in terms of uh, plugs, I guess I will plug my two YouTube channels, DMC Jedi Man and DMC Jedi Man Gaming. So if anyone wants to see, you know, for the main channel, it's mostly uh, trailer reactions, unboxings, and taste tests. And the gaming channel's obviously video game Let's Plays. So come check them out at some point. Once Go again, check it out. He he actually tastes Honker as pudding on the, on the, <laughs> on the channel and gives you his review. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Uh, I can't actually claim I did that, but April <laughs> this year I actually did a taste test of Pilk, <laughs> Pepsi and milk mixed together. It's as Ooh. foul as it uh, sounds. You're not doing that crazy. So you are doing like crazy stuff, but you're not just don't get into that thing where you're like, I'm gonna eat the Darkwing Duck breakfast cereal from 1991. <laughs> do they have a Darkwing breakfast cereal? Not that I'm aware of, but I've seen guys oh. do it with like I've seen guys do it with like GI Joe stars and things like that. They'll like pour a bowl of it and actually eat it, and it's like, oh, that is way past its fresh. Oh, don't do that. <laughs> like I knew they had the the uh, fruit snacks, and I think there's a grape jelly bottle as well, and macaroni and cheese. But mm. those are the only Darkwing food products i know of my assistant editor on darkwing uh, janice uh, orlando she uh she actually uh had a lot of those boxes of uh, macaroni and cheese growing up she's like you know i made my mom buy that just because darkwing <laughs> was on it yeah if i had known about them i'd probably do the same i do remember having the fruit snacks as a kid though the darkwing ones and the tailspin one i'd love to find a sealed box of darkwing fruit snacks that'd be amazing <laughs> that'd be something who knows? They might still be edible. I mean, the fruit snacks. <laughs> <laughs> but once again, thank you for uh, joining us on this. Uh, we are the uh, St. Canard Files, the Darkwing Duck podcast. You can find us on all podcast apps. Uh, any uh, closing thoughts? I just, again, thank you guys for having me. This is a lot of fun. Yeah, you're welcome. All right. Until next time, everyone, stay dangerous and uh, don't eat 30-year-old boxes of cereal. Thank <laughs> you.